Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the PD Sports Podcast. I am Paul and with me today is Damo. Damo, introduce yourself. Hello everybody, it is me yet again. It's another episode of the PD Sports Podcast and I tell you what Paul, these things are just becoming my favourite part of the week and yes they only happen on Mondays but I look forward to them more than anything really because they're just so much fun to film. It's a nice way to start the week too. Yeah, I think. I think it's just... Yeah, it's good isn't it? It's like a nice little pick me up. Roll in off the weekend, get back into rhythm. I'm really enjoying it too. Yeah. So a big thing is thank you to everyone that has been tuning in over the last few weeks and leaving us lots of feedback through the Discord. It is much appreciated. And to those that are leaving us reviews on Apple Podcast, thank you very, very much because it does help the podcast grow. So I think for us, um, it's pretty well reviewing the... Uh, uh, the Euros at the moment I think that's been the only real major sport that's been going on over the weekend other than the Crowies getting up over St Kilda in an interesting game on Saturday night but look I think for the draft for the character of the team you'd probably take the win yeah it's a win-win for us at the moment any loss you're just like oh draft picks and any win you're like well that's good yeah exactly so I think the only fair place to start is the opening game of the tournament, which unfortunately I was meant to be at this time last year, so that would have been nice. But Italy-Turkey, interesting game to start off with, and we came into that game with some differing opinions on the outcome of it. So I'll let you kick off what your thoughts were on the game, but I reckon you said it was going to be a draw yep. and Dom and I backed Italy for a win. Yeah, I, I just... Reason why I said a draw is I expected Turkey to be A, a lot better. And uh, maybe the occasion got to them that I didn't think they were great at all. Um, and exactly for what they've done in qualifying, you thought Turkey were going to be one of the surprise packets of this uh, of this tournament where they could go on a bit of a run. I still think they could, but they, they weren't anything like they were in qualifying at all. Um, and secondly, the reason why... I, I, look, I'm an Italian. I, lo- I want Italy to do well. And uh, the basis of that performance, I was like, well... Yeah, I expect us to go deep. I even put us to make the final, but it was more because I thought we were going to get a nice, good run home. Now I look at it and I go, if we're going to play that well, we do have a serious shot of winning this thing. Um, so I think it's a mixture of two things. The only reason I put draws, I didn't expect Italy to play that well, especially first game in. Italy generally start tournaments pretty slow, probably have, you know, generally have a horrid time at the beginning and in the group stage, but they get out the group and then next minute they turn into Italy, right? And they play good football and they're defensively solid. I just, you know... Chiellini, Benucci getting a bit old. I just thought Turkey would have come at us a bit more. And they never did. Yeah. And that's why I predicted a draw. Don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely ecstatic with the win. I thought we played great. But if you look back at my prediction that I did make, I predicted Italy would make the final basically because I think finishing first in Group A is a bit of a death sentence because you're running into France and probably whoever finishes third in that group before the final. Yeah. And if I was someone that really wanted Italy to make the final, I would have loved to see us draw. Turkey outscore us in both games where we both win. We finish second and we get an easier side of the draw where we're probably going to go into the depth to the Netherlands and I think the Netherlands you can get at. 
um, and then you find yourself into a semi-final. It just depends who finishes third and what group and what where they lie. Because yeah, a lot of question. Yeah, because I like how the Euros do it, but that you know they get seeded and whatever the third place teams and they go in accordingly. But I really did think that at the minute you want to finish second in Group B, um, in Group A, sorry, because you just avoid that Group F kerfuffle. Um, that is. Yeah. And. Well, now I actually think that Italy are going to have a bit more of a tougher time for topping the group, but that's just because of how big Group F is. In terms of the yeah, that's fair. In terms of the game, watched it, very well played. We were dominant. You know, the midfield three looked incredible. Uh, how else do you sum up a three-nil performance where you made Turkey look like a second-rate nation, and they're not? Um, everything was superb. Chiellini, ninety-fourth minute block and celebrated like he just won the World Cup. It was incredible, and that's kind of. The experience that you have, you know, in front of their home fans. And I think that's something that you have to really look at. England are playing in front of their home fans. We're Italy and we are playing in front of our home fans. Um, the Dutch are too. And I think you can really, you know, weigh into that. Um, yeah. And it's going to give you a performance. In terms of the game itself, like, what more can you say? Italy came out and played 4-3-3. They looked good. They looked amazing. Insigne probably should have scored one earlier. Um, both wingers had chances. Immobile scored yet again and looks like a talisman. Um, it was just a complete performance from Italy. And on the flip side, Turkey looked nothing like what they were doing in qualifying. So hopefully for the Turks, they um, they turn that around and maybe be a bit more aggressive against Wales and Switzerland. Like I predicted that Turkey would sit off against us, but we would sit off against Turkey and give them a bit of respect too. It was more Turkey sat off that much. Italy were just allowed to pummel them into the ground. So I really hope Turkey turn it around because I really am excited with their squad. Um, you know, and Chenoglu and Yilmaz and all those players shouldn't be restricted in that sort of way. Um, but if you're an Italian, great game, looked amazing. Unfortunately, though, it probably means you're running into France before the final. And, well, I don't see a way where France don't win this thing. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think the big thing with France is if they get out of their group, they're, you know, they're going to finish top three probably regardless of the group. Yeah. But you know, if everyone, most people have them predicted first. Um, the only way, obviously, if, you know, things get better for everyone else on that left-hand side of the draw, for me, is if France finish in second, which, you know... It's in not impossible. World ...is probably possible. Exactly. exactly. I think it's possible, whether it's probable is another... Yeah, exactly. It's ...another story. But I think Turkey, I sort of said it last week, they were going to go in negative. They were going to go in just damage control, um... And try and just not get embarrassed on the opening night, and then you know that gives them the um, Switzerland and Wales games to to really go after now. And obviously, there's you know total pressure because uh, the draw in the other game forces Turkey to have to come out and play. Yeah. Uh, they can't afford to to drop any points really at this point because I don't see either um, Switzerland or Wales beating Italy. So you can almost almost lock Italy for nine nine points, and then you're playing for for second at this point and I think whoever finishes second goes through and then the third might actually be very hard uh, to qualify which kind of screws one of my predictions over slightly um, but I'll talk about that one a little bit later but yeah I mean there's enough creativity in that Turkish team to to match Wales and oh, they Switzerland so they should knows? be beating the both groups. of them Turkey if they're as good as everyone thinks they are and as good as I think yeah. they are with the team that they have yeah um just, I hope that the draw is going to be a good thing for Turkey only because it forces them to go out and play attacking football because they need to win both games now. 
where yeah, it's where the defensively yeah. they're going to be able to stand up. Yeah, now. where say if Switzerland won that and Turkey then would go okay, get Switzerland. We have to make sure we do something. Um, you know, a point's good enough here because Italy probably beat the Swiss and we beat Wales and we're through, right? But now it's like, well, no, we got to beat both because both are on a point, and yeah, um, they're weird, Turkey, because I did not expect them to play like that at all, and I really hope that's not how they're going to approach this tournament. I don't think it is. I just think opening day didn't want to get embarrassed, but when you go in that mindset, you generally get embarrassed, and they really got caught with their pants down. It seemed like they didn't. They looked like one of the teams that. Really, how did you get through qualifying? Get they were one of the best teams in qualifying. So, yeah, very interesting. What well, could have been one of the games of the first kind of week of the Euros? It's not completely finished yet as we're recording the first week of the Euros. Um, yeah. it it wasn't, uh, which is a shame. But you know, I still think that there's hope for Turkey and all the Turkish fans that are listening. And look, I would love to hear everyone's. Yeah, it's not doom and gloom just yeah, yet. Yeah, I would love to hear everyone's kind of thoughts on where this Turkish side can go because they are aging a little bit as well. Um, so for me, this is the, a Turkish side that really should be one of the best of the last bit of generation that Turkey's had. And you know, before Yulmaz retires and Chenoglu gets a bit older and all that, this should be. There's a few nice players coming through though. Yeah. I, I, I don't think this is going to be. I the don't end think of it Turkey. is the end of Turkey, but this is the sort of time where Turkey have kind of the really good mix of yeah, experience. They're, prim- they're prepped. They're prepped. Yeah, prime. exactly. And after the a few young guys that are in the team. Yeah, and after the qualifying they had, you kind of expected them to play in a different way, and it never really came. Yeah. And it, 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 it has to be said, Italy played unbelievably well and a lot better than I was expecting in a big game at home, opening day. I was really expecting a typical Italian performance of we're not going to concede, we're going to just take things really slow and you know just keep the ball at all costs. And if they don't have it, we can't con- we can't score, we can't concede. And in the end, it was a different type of Italy. It was Italy that was pinging balls over the top when it was on and pinging balls into wingers and really flowing. And I hope that is the Italian way of new I still have a, a an attachment to the Italian way of old or let's not concede but um, hopefully with this new sort of brand Mancini's playing um, yeah. we will be get at teams. the mark and we'll go after things a little bit more than what historically we've done because look at the 06 World Cup did we really do anything in the whole 06 World Cup no did the job, but though. we did the job and we just were defensively solid and there you go we won it so yeah, yeah. Um, Look, lots to play out in, in group I believe, A, I believe be too, too. Um, um, Wales and Switzerland were interesting. For me, the last little bit for me before we move on to that next yeah. game is this really does screw my predictions over. So <laughs> I've got three teams getting out of Group A and I don't think that can actually happen at this point anymore. Like I'm just... I can't see a third team getting out of this group just with what I've seen. Yeah, it, it makes it hard. Feeling. You kind of need like Wales to beat Turkey, but then Turkey to beat Switzerland, and they all finish on three points. Oh, one by so yeah, two teams on def- four, one team on three. Yeah, and then you're relying on some results elsewhere. I think if a team gets the four me, points, they're going to be pretty close to getting out in third. I wouldn't write it off, Paul, but at the yeah. same time, I just see Turkey winning both those games, and that kind of means that Switzerland and Wales have to beat Italy for that to happen, and I don't think that's happening. Yeah, so the team I've got getting out is Wales. And after what um, I watched on the uh, night after for us, I don't think Wales out of the two teams is the team that's going to get out. Well, I think... I actually think they will because I think they within the game, they actually realised, hey, the way we've set up here is not going to work. 
and them conceding was probably the best thing for them. That's what I feel. Yeah, I feel that too. Because the second they conceded, they absolutely turned that game on its head and dominated. They absolutely dominated from the moment they conceded. They only looked like the team that was going to get the result in the end. So that's where I, I, I want to think, yeah, they probably can't go out and play that way against Italy because they're going to have to try and pick off their times to I just don't to go think forward. they're going to play that way against Turkey either. I think they're going to have to because they know what's required. Turkey's down. I don't know who they've got. Who's what the next fixture is for them? But I think they have to. There's no excuse at this point. Like they need to go after that game against Turkey because the minute they actually looked like doing something was when they went and did it. So for me, that's just my my view. I think Switzerland were a bit naive. They thought, yeah, we're getting the job done. They took Shakiri off. Uh, and then the moment they took Shakiri off, they lost all their creativity. And if it wasn't um, Mbolo, it was no one. Well, and that was... I thought up until they took Shakiri off, I did think Switzerland had control of the game. And after they took Shakiri off, kind of Switzerland went quite defensive and just sucked any real momentum they had in the game. And Bolo looked like he was going to score four at one stage. They couldn't handle yeah. it. Um, and then I think the goal combined with the fact they took Shakiri off, then Wales were like, well, we're going for it now. And in the end, I think a lot surrounds um, well, who's Wales uh, striker there? Uh, plays for Cardiff. Yeah, big yeah. dude, Moore. Yeah, Moore. I, I think, think his name was Keish yeah. or Moore or something. His real Welsh name. From what? Oh, he's not going to score you goals, but for the way they play, exactly. That's what I was going to say. He fits what they want to do. Him. They fit. They can go yeah. long into him. They can win flickers off him. Um, I feel like that. Wales don't particularly want to play that way. I feel like they try to play a brand of football that isn't just long hoofball, whatever. But they looked a lot better. I mean, you got a six foot five yeah. monster up yeah, there. Yeah, they looked a lot better when they changed him. and they started going a bit more direct into him. And you know, yeah. And then Ramsey started making those late runs that he's known for, and Bale started getting involved. It was just it, it looked a lot better. Yeah, you know, it, it really the did. The game that makes and breaks Wales and Turkey's game is the next game coming up. Wales do play Turkey next. Um, they do, I thought they did. And that's a big game here because Turkey need to win. And Wales kind of know if they don't win this one, they're probably not beating Italy and they're probably out as well. So be interesting to see um, how they line it yeah. up. I think Wales may try and play for a draw. But in saying that, that does nothing for him. What's two points and then you lose to Italy, yeah. you're not going to go for it anyway. You might as well You go. might as well go for it. And I'm hoping that's how they go about it. And for me, Wales going about it and going for it isn't them playing some big brand of football and let's play some tiki-taka stuff. For me, that's let's lump him into more. Knowing let's be physical. Let's get runners around him. Let's get Bale running off him. Let's get um, Daniel James running off him and let's go, right? Let's be physical. He looked good too. And Daniel James looked really good in that last sort Yeah, of he did. When they well. started going for it and they kind of unleashed the shackles, mm-hmm. they looked better. I agree. But I absolutely agree. And there's definitely, like, look, they might be able to scrape out, but in my um, bracket, I've got them playing France. So. Then they're dead. <laughs> then they're dead. Then they're going to cop yeah. five, so. Yeah, so, look, they're not a team. Look, for them to get to the round of 16, I think, would be a huge accomplishment, but um, you never know. I think, and that's what the beauty of the Euros is. I think is. for Wales, they know what they need to do. For Switzerland, I think they're ruining they didn't win this game because they did have chances, and Bodo really could have had two or three, really. Um, I think he hit one straight yeah. at Danny Ward in a one-on-one that he saved, and... Uh, um, I think after he scored the header, he had another header from about six yards out that he kind of scuffed by memory yeah. from yeah. a corner. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's hard to put it. And by the way, I actually really rate Mbolo as a player. He's that sort of really powerful striker slash winger that can turn a game on his head. 
he's one of those. He's gone under the radar lately. He, though. He, well, back a couple of years ago, everyone was saying, "Oh, Bolo, Bolo, Bolo," and yeah. now it's just nothing about yeah. him. And he's gone and proved that. Hang on, someone really should have a hard look at signing him because he can How change the game. Did he, he look, he's just running. Oh, every time the camera looked on him and he looked, and you know, he was standing there, his explosive. chest was just looked huge. And I know that doesn't yeah, mean anything, but those. he looks like he's built and he moves. And I'm sorry, but guys yeah. like that are going to be hard to contain. I'm not saying Liverpool go yeah. sign him, but I'm saying, hang on, if you're a team that wants to take a punt or West Ham in the Europa League but needs someone like that, you know, yeah. he should be one to definitely monitor. And if Switzerland can somehow get out of this group because if Bolo's done bits, well, then I think really he should Good on him. Yeah. get a move. But... Interesting. It, it, yeah. it's, it's an interesting one, that one there. Um, I'm really looking forward to Wales-Turkey. I think Italy-Switzerland plays itself. Switzerland are going to come and try and sit and rely on Shakiri to do something, and Italy are going to probably pick them off. Um, That's the thing, though. I think for this group, I think Wales are in that position where it's in their hands more because they're just playing Turkey. Yeah. Like, if you're Switzerland, you don't want to be playing Italy now. No, because it pretty much kills you. I feel like you. if you can get... It, yeah, if you can get Italy on the last match day where they're already through, you might be able to get them slipping. You, you know, might like, get a rotated Italy side. and yeah. yeah, and that's where Wales, if Wales are playing for something, you know, it might, it, they just might they might get the draw. You know, if they end up on three points, it could be enough. If they can somehow get to four points. I think four points um, would be enough to finish second in this group. Second? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Think se- think you know, if you get the four, like if you get the four points, I think you finish second in this group because that means you have got a draw and a win. You have a loss to Italy, yeah. and I really just see all yeah. of them losing to Italy. So that means you found a win. That's where the Wales go and beat Turkey. Yeah, well, if Wales no, beat Turkey, Wales I think Wales get through. But I see Turkey yeah. winning that game, That'd and then Turkey knowing that they can beat Switzerland too and get the six. I think that's the only that's way crazy. where Italy will play full strength for the final day is they get the six points, but then Turkey have been in Wales and they go well. If we don't go out full strength in Turkey beat Switzerland we could finish because it's, it's goal difference and then results against team in the Euros I'm pretty sure um, yeah. which means that Turkey could go top on goal difference which that's, I think that's out of the I don't want to say it's out of the question because it's Italy and I've watched enough Italian games and know that we look amazing and the next minute we just don't do nothing for a whole 90 minutes and we draw a game nil nil because that's just generally what we do yeah. um, but it's a new Italy squad it's a new well, it's a new age Italy squad but it's Still got similar players, whatever, but it's a different mantra. And look, credit to Wales. They got their point. They were down 1-0. They were lucky not to, unlucky not to win. They are also very lucky that Switzerland didn't put into bed earlier. Um, I hope they yeah. really go out there and play Turkey. And it's not going to be my game of the next round, but that's one of those you put an asterisk to and one go to watch. watch that one. Yeah. So for Group A, there's, you know, plenty, plenty, plenty still to happen. Yes. But I think let's move it. Let's jump ship a little bit. Let's go all the way out to Group D because this was the big draw card last night. Early kickoff for us, England, Croatia. Yeah. And just failed for me. It failed to deliver what was promised. Yep. But it didn't surprise me uh, because I agree with that statement again, exactly. It's the first game of the group. Both teams aren't going to go throw everything at it. But I stop. It's damage control at that point, and then it's just sort of risk management, really. Like it's just let's get through this game. The rest of the group opens up with uh, the Czech Republic and Scotland. For England, it's a big three um, points. I thought they were very patchy. Yeah, I thought they were very patchy. Um, there's one player that really stood out for me, who I'm going to leave for a little segment we've got after the the recaps. Yep. Uh, but I felt. 
Croatia didn't really threaten Pickford at all. At all. No. You want to know what this yeah. game felt like, Paul? It felt like one of those big games where it's like, we can't afford to lose this. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And I think both teams kind of set up that way that we don't particularly want to lose this game. I was, it was a bit interesting, the English lineup, but I guess they don't really have Sancho and Harry Maguire available at the minute because they're not fit. But yeah, the big one was Kieran Trippier at left back. Yeah, I did, look, that's, that's an interesting one. That's, that's just For me, I was like, huh? In the end, vindicated. That's shoehorning him. Yeah, in the end, vindicated because he got a 1-0 win, right? But, sorry, if you play against a team of... I mean, Kyle Walker didn't deserve to play right back based on his performance. He was horrid. He was horrid. Yeah, I know. Luke Shaw or Chilwell with a left back put Trippier back to right back. There you go. I was very... Yeah, I thought that was a very weird English lineup. I I didn't... He was actually useless. I didn't think Pickford deserved to be in the the team either. And... In the end, he had nothing to He's do. He's the only one that's had a decent run of games, though, and just yeah, it's it's a you can't play Henderson. It's a weird one. Um, all I would say is that this game set up in a way of a typical big game in the group, right? You you look at Champions League, Europa League, World Cup, Euro, whatever, right? It's set up as your big game in the group. It was one of those ones where we don't want to lose this game. And both teams set up that way. Yeah. You go, yeah, we're probably going to beat the other two teams in the group, but we can't afford to lose this game because it makes things interesting. In the end, Croatia were that... I wouldn't say... Look, the word is negative, but I don't want to say that we're completely like anti-football and like negative. Sometimes when you think negative, they're part of the bars. I just think Croatia never really let themselves go and play the game. And then even when they went one nil down, they didn't really throw the kitchen sink really at it until the last 10 minutes. And even then, they didn't do much. Um, yeah. And I think that's always a problem And as a coach You know it's a big game But you kind of change The way your team plays To try and manage a result Where both teams shook their hand And said this game finishes New and Before kickoff. It kind of looked like That would be okay for both um, In the end yeah, I agree. Apart from Phil Foden and Magic England didn't really like Scoring first half And to be honest The goal uh, kind of came out Of not much either I'd make one change Yeah That would have probably Resulted in England Scoring out of three Sterling Although he scored was dreadful he, in front of goal. He didn't, he did nothing. How many times was it on his left foot to hit and he tried to drag it back on his right and get tackled? Yeah, or that volley that came from the throwing, like, yeah, it's smart, but he's absolutely shit yeah. and it's gone miles wide. How, yeah, Rashford, you know, not starting that game on the left. I don't get it either. That, 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 that I don't get. Did you see that Sterling was asked, do you feel like you vindicated your, you starting um, this game by an English reporter and he kind of just gave the eyes of like really like I'd, as in like well I'd, he's not going to say no but, well it, it's kind of him just going well no I should be the first name in the team I'm like mate Raheem you had a pretty poor year if I was English manager you wouldn't have started but yeah, yeah. that's Gareth's boys though it, Gareth has Gareth his boys, had his boys and, and Gareth will probably get found out for having his boys aka Trippier left back yeah but so I think I think there was one um forced move that has probably uncovered a, a gem for, for England who I will touch on a bit I later I know exactly who you're talking but about I thought when, when Jude Bellingham came on I thought he brought a good spark and a lot of energy youngest um, player like in the Euros I think yeah and I think Jack Grealish was pretty stiff to maybe not start on the left if he didn't want to go Rashford so look there's plenty of options there Kane don't know how fit he is after going into the post and getting a kick to the guts so you know, maybe Rashford might go through the middle, potentially. Didn't look like anything Harry Kane, to be fair. His positional play was very weird on against Croatia. Yeah, I agree. He didn't, just couldn't get into the game. No, anyway. he kept peeling probably... wide and being in areas where you don't want your big number nine to be. Like, every time a winger had the ball, 
it should be your fullback kind of supporting. And it was Harry Kane coming all the way from the middle of the box to out wide and kind of get on the ball. It's, it's not me saying, oh, let's just swing it to Harry Kane's head, but it's kind of like, well, Harry Kane, you're the focal point. Make your run front stick, make your run back stick. We'll pick you out. Or, you know, why yeah. are you coming wide and helping in build up where you should be the guy that's looking to finish this chance? And, yeah, yeah I, I, just couldn't you couldn't get involved. Get involved. I, think I think that, that. kind of sums up Croatia-England. No one could really get involved in that game at all. Yeah. I thought Modric in the second half played pretty well. He just dictated the tempo quite a bit. There's nothing uh, around really him. He drove though. Croatia forward. But, yeah, he just... Like, Perisic was... Poor. You know, didn't see anything of him. Rebic gave nothing. Um, I can't even remember who played on the other side. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just I felt Croatia really needed to probably show something there. Obviously, playing at Wembley as well, I think that was a big factor for England. But, um, well, I think that group, they're the clear top two. Um, you would imagine so, but group. it does make things very interesting because, you know, Scotland and the Czechs won't sit there and lay down. They're not pushovers. They're not, they're not going to be like Wales and Switzerland will do probably against Turkey and sit there. I think, especially not Scotland. Scotland will play a brand of football that will be a bit aggressive, I feel. Um, and the Czechs yeah. will be no mugs. Technically good. Yeah. yeah. They've got some good players there. I agree. Um, which makes but, this probably a bit easier for England crash because you're going to have teams that aren't going to just sit there. They're going to have teams that are probably going to come out against them a bit and that will give the quality of English and Croatia to probably play and pick them off. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think that group is going to be fun to watch, though. I think so, I think too. I can't well. wait for England-Scotland. That's one of my big games for... Is that next yeah, week or the week after? Is that two or three? I can't remember. Um, have, I'm having a look now. Week. Yeah, it is. It is It is next week, England-Scotland. It's a big game, that. Next week. It's pretty prime time, though, so it'll be probably poor time yeah, for us 4:30, to watch, most likely. Unfortunately. But yeah, that's been unfortunate, but again... Yeah, we'll be covering that next week, hopefully, on the podcast. Yeah. So, look, one more game that I want to touch on, because um, when we caught up this morning, I hadn't actually seen anything of this Have game. Have you watched in the between, 45 minutes? I, I've watched the short 24 version. Uh, not that not that long. Um, I had a little bit of time. Nine minutes. I watched nine okay. minutes. Um, but I just wanted to comment on just what I thought of the goals in particular. So, like, Yarmolenko, that was his vintage from when he first uh, signed for West Ham. Oh, he was. He's, unreal. Uh, He's in my fantasy for that exact reason, that they look for him all the that time. That was a stomper. It was unreal. Turned the game right on his head. And to be fair to the Ukraine, they were pushing for that. They were very unlucky to be 2-0 down. Yeah. And then on the second goal, which you sort of flagged with me about potentially being a foul. Yep. If that's a foul, then I think it's smart. And has he obstructed the view? Yes. If he was in an offside position, then that goal would be ruled out. But the you don't fact think it's that a foul. he was onside... No, he didn't make any contact. He, 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 put his his own, he put his elbow on him and gave him a little bit oh, of a touch. And I'm, I'm, soon, I'm sorry, nah. but if a goalkeeper's trying to stay and you've gone in and in, in purposely made contact with the keeper, oh, that's a foul nah, straight away. No, can't be given No, nah, it is because he, nah. can't, he can't then dive to his left-hand side because the guy's there. So he's got to lean right, nah. and that's just... Cause the ball to go in near stick. For me, it's a foul every day. Nah, I think that's, that's a clear-cut foul, foul every day. For me as a referee, I would have gone straight away. For me, I would have been like, what are you doing standing there impeding him in here? I would have been like, you're in his... You're allowed to, though, because he's onside. For me, you're standing in his way. You you've impede. made body contact with him. It, it's a foul. And to be quite fair, they, they he looks sheepishly around. And the, 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 the first reaction of the keeper, you can kind of tell when a keeper's like, oh, uh-oh. Or, no, I've been fouled. Because he was, he, straight away, he was up in arms. It was straight off, up in arms, that he's been fouled. For nah. me, I thought it was a clear-cut foul. 
personally. Not for me. And because if that happened, like it's like a penalty. If that happens anywhere else. That like, I've seen so much worse with players going back and forward for the ball. Yeah. The way the way that Phillips was going in last night. You can't tell me that his challenges aren't a foul, and then the guy standing there in front of the goalkeeper, you know, it, it's the only reason why it's a foul. Only reason it's a foul is because it is a keeper. Because you're a goalkeeper. It's because it is. A, it's because it's impeding a keeper. It's goal. Yeah, but it's not impeding him though. He's standing in his space. That's all he's doing. Nah. He's not. He's not done anything. There's no excessive force. There's no nothing. Don't he's think just in the way. Force, he's though. taken. You can't just say you're, you're there, you're standing there, it's a foul. No, like, I'm, just, I get that. And if he just if he kept his to, arms by his side and whatever, harder. that was fine. No, he doesn't need to. But it's all not he, a set piece, all, it's all, open all play. He did, all he did is that he realised that the ball's gone behind him, it's not there, his mate's about to hit it, and so he took one step towards the keeper and put his elbow on him. Sorry, as soon, as you, so as, soon as you do that, it it's smart, so that's smart. a foul. That's not a foul, it's not a foul. It's not a Oh, you foul. know what? I do he, like what He's taking a shot though. and he's in the way. Can I just way. say I do like what VAR's doing this whole tournament, though? Yeah, because it's not a fair. They're not over-refereeing it, which is good. The handball, nah, it is the good. handball Italy-Turkey, 100% in the Premier League, gets given every day of the week. Yeah. But really, realistically, the defender's turned his head. His arms are as good by his side as he is as he tries to make himself big. Where's the arm meant to go? The referee said no straight away. VAR looked at it and said, it's hand the ball, but no, we're not going to give that. And we've seen so many... Like little decisions with VAR not be overturned, you know. We've we've seen, you know, potential penalty shouts get waved away straight away, and a lot of things that I feel like if it was in the Prem you would see. Um, and I honestly think in the Premier League that would be given a foul, and a VAR would make a decision that that's nah, a foul. That wouldn't be a foul. So no, nah, because he hasn't he hasn't broken any law. It's not a clear and obvious error. See, no but that's the thing. He's just that's in the, the thing. Way. In the Euros, I agree. In the Euros, I agree that the VAR's not going to instruct him nah, to have a look. I, don't even see I the think Premier in the League Premier League, oh, I in the Premier League, here we saying, mate, go to the go to the TV, off you go. And unless your name is um, oh, I forgot his name now, referee Mike Dean. Unless your name is Mike Dean, right? Because you want it to all be about you. Not every other Premier League uh, referee is going to look at that screen and go, well, they've told me the look here. I've seen the contact now. That's a foul. Every other referee, apart from Mike Dean, would do that in the Prem personally. I'm glad that, look, for the good of football, I'm glad that we're not over-refereeing. VAR hasn't intervened and it was a good game of football and it shouldn't mar it. And You know what? Goal stands, great. Good decision, whatever, right? For me as a goalkeeper, I think it's a foul. For me, and for what I've seen in the heavy related to the Premier League, I think it's a foul. But yeah, look, at the end of the day, it takes nothing away. For me, if, if you see a guy standing in front of you, you, you just need to do better to get around him. Like You, you can't just... Expect to have a free just run of the ball. Like like it just screamed him like a basketball man. But for me, that's a foul. Yeah, and so it's not even. It's not even. Like he's just in the way, and it, you know, it's if that happens anywhere else on the pitch in any other situation, there's no, it's not even contact. Like it's just he's standing next to him, like in front of him. He's just obstructing his I view. Thought that was contact, the keeper to needs fair. to do better. What's what's different with a ball getting like smashed through a wall? You know that the keeper has half a second to react, like. Oh, who was it? Someone made an unbelievable save. Um, I should remember who this was, and it's going to do my head in. It was the Ukraine goalkeeper. He, yeah. he there was a shot, and it's literally deflected from the top of the six-yard box, and he's flung his left arm at it. It's the same thing. Like, it's the exact same thing. The reaction time he just needs. To, he was just in poor position, and then he cost him another goal as well with poor goalkeeping. Which one? The third so, one. The first one. The first one was shocking keeping that gave. Gini oh yeah, a free yeah, 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 yeah. He came through and did not not enough with it. Sorry. 
he sort of pushed it into Genie's yeah. path, and then Genie. The only thing I like that he did well there is that he corner. committed and went, but he should do put it in a better area. I'll hold, I'll hold it. Yeah, third goal we couldn't do nah, much with Dumfries. That's a great header. Great header from Dumpster Dad. Yeah. But yeah, look, all I'm going to say on this game and back to the game. Enough about the goalkeeping decisions. I'm always going to back the keeper, goalkeepers union, right? But I'm going to keep. Go, I'm going to go back to this game. This game was game of the round or game of the match day so far because it had a bit of everything. You know, at 2-0, you never thought Ukraine were out of it, and they came back, and they showed why they should be one of the dark horses for the tournament if they can get out the group from here, which I think they will, from what I've seen. You know, they never played bad. They played a good brand of football, and they haven't really conceded at all, and then their keepers cost them one. Um, you can't do much about the header of the third one, and, you know, the second one is one of those ones that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to say it, and different referee, different type gives it a fair, but there you go. You know, I think for the yeah, Ukraine, uh, I think for the Ukraine, there's a lot of positives there. You know, unlike where Turkey would look dead horrid, the Ukraine looked really good. Yeah, they look good. And, you know, um, I think vindicated the dark horse tag that I've given them. Yeah, but that's why I think all of us in the end after yes, uh, last week managed to put put them through. So, yeah, no, look, I mean, Austria, the in the other, yeah, Austria in the other game looked superb against North Macedonia. I'm just going to put it out there. Pandev got his goal. Everyone went ballistic. I love it. Yeah, and I think Macedonia will struggle <laughs> to probably do much else other than maybe get Pandev a couple of chances or maybe a penalty. But look, but they didn't play overly bad, I thought, Macedonia. For what I was expecting. I, I haven't seen For what, for what I was yet. expecting, they weren't as bad as I thought. They were very dogged and made things tough and they played, you know, some decent passages. Yeah, the goal was unbelievably lucky. It's one of those ones you can see on Football Manager. But... Um, <laughs> credit where credit's due Pandev was there Pandev scored Pandev's come out of retirement scored a goal I love it, it, it it's exactly what football's about yeah so we'll move on I've, got, I've added a couple of questions yeah. in just for us to consider after you know just under a week's worth of football yeah. so what has surprised you so far mm-hmm. and then I'm going to start the next question uh, after we've had a uh, chat so what has surprised me so far A how good Italy looked and how poor Turkey looked because that was a game I was expecting to be really good um, what surprised me was Trippier playing left-back, obviously. Um, but also what's kind of surprised me... <sighs> look, it's how wrong the predictions from probably all three of us have been so far. Because I don't think any of us have really hit the nail on the head so far. And that kind of just shows that international football isn't the lottery, but it's very hard to predict because it's your own nation playing against your other nations. It's not like you can go and buy and sell people in the transfer market. And I think that's what the beauty is of international football and why everyone, every four years, for the Euros or the World Cup or whatever, go ballistic. Yeah. And I, I like it a lot. And look, good luck. I, I, I really hope the tournament keeps going in the same form that it has because it's been good so far. Apart from the England-Croatia the game, one, it's, been, it's been good. What's the one decision that you've got wrong that's made you really question your... Prediction? Um, oh, wait, that's... Right, we'll do it now. That was actually a question I just yeah. remembered. Uh, Jay, I think JS put that in. Uh, sorry, uh, we'll jump to that now quickly. Yeah. So yeah, what was one that has really stood out to you? That would change my prediction. It was definitely well, which what what one result has made Italy, you question Italy, one of your thoughts? Italy, Turkey. You, that shouldn't surprise you, Dom and I. Predicted. No, no, no. That should would make me change the prediction. <laughs> isn't that the question? Well, yeah. What's the change in prediction? Uh, Italy, top, Italy top the group, but then go out to France in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that shouldn't surprise you. 
<laughs> that shouldn't surprise you because Dom and I both said well, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me the but the question is what would change your prediction that was what would change my prediction and it changed oh Italy. that was the question yeah. it changed Italy making a final and yeah, now going okay. out in the quarter final yeah, okay yeah Oh, yeah, yeah right. and then okay. that opens up the other side I was mixing up the, the two questions. Yeah, I mixed up the two questions. Yeah, it's all right. I, 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 I get, get it, but that's why, well, that's why I was, as the question reads, is there any predictions you would change after yeah. the first couple of games? My prediction that Italy yeah. made the final and finished second in the group. Italy topped the group but run in the France and don't make it through to the final, yeah. which is a shame because yeah, they do fair. look good. Which is what I've got. I've got that in my predictions anyway, yeah. so that's my, semi, that's my semi-final. Uh, but to answer JS's question about... The predictions that I'd change is probably picking another third yeah, place team instead, instead of Wales. Wales. Instead of Wales or Switzerland, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I've got I've got Wales. Um, that was more based on probably the 2016 Euros. Um, look, they looked okay, but to get, I don't think three teams get out of Group A. Yeah, just, I, don't, I don't. I think, think it's Group A is very hard for three teams to get out, but the other groups look pretty open. Yeah. But yeah. Where there's just opportunities for more points, where I feel like Turkey and Italy is going yeah, like to be. Yeah, like the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, Macedonia group's going to have one team come out of there because they're all going to beat Macedonia. Yeah. yeah. And then you're looking at Group F. Yeah. And you know, you got Germany, that, France, by the way, Portugal. Portugal, Germany next game week. Not the game that we're on now because we've still got yeah, France to play massive. Germany and whatever, right? That next week, Germany, Portugal's got to be huge for who finishes second, yeah, who finishes third. I agree. And that could throw all our predictions yeah. out the blue because we can't predict in the predictor who plays where in third because it relies on results and seeding. Yeah, and then we'll probably do an updated yeah, one we will. for the We'd... knockout because things are going to be so different. Oh, yeah. I also think I had Croatia to top the group with England only because I think England, I thought, were going to falter against Croatia. And I nearly got that right because they didn't play great because Croatia never did anything. So Yeah, well, that's another one where Dom and I both backed England to get top of the group and I think that's sort of been vindicated as well, which has been which nice. Good. But the second part of the questions is who's impressed after the majority uh, of the match the floor, for me, I know who you're saying. For me, it's Kevin He Phillips. was immense, wasn't he? Only guy that actually played well in that whole game. He was absolutely everywhere. He was putting in rugged challenges. He was making the last... He was running in behind the defence, being an option going forward. He was, he was he incredible. Looked, if you put... And I thought Declan Rice and Mason Mount were very poor as well, by the I way. Just, if you put yeah. Phillips with Henderson, that is a very, very solid midfield. I think Mount was poor. I think Declan Rice goes under the radar because he's a bit more of your defensively minded midfielder. They don't really get enough uh, credit. I think. Yeah, but, I think when you don't, Modric plays the same role though. I've, uh, I think Modric's a bit more expansive than what Declan Rice is. I think Declan Rice is more just your sitting yeah, midfielder. It, yeah, but Modric still looks to get on the ball. He still looks to I think they're two different play from deep. Oh, they are. But I'm talking like at least you know for Declan Rice's quality. He needs to be one of being an option. I didn't even see him. I just saw him walking around the majority of the game. I think when you like, don't realise the DM, wasn't involved. DM's done his job. Mm. I don't think he did, to be, to be fair. But I didn't think he was as poor as Mount was. One. I thought Mount was really poor. And he's in my oh, yeah, fantasy was, and Mount he was, was horrible. Dreadful. So was Kane. So, yeah. But yeah. 100% so Calvin Phillips. Phillips and we can't, uh, uh, to be honest, who's impressed you? I can't, you can't even really name another one that's been on that level. No, he was incredible. Performance of the Euro so far. Uh, so far. Yeah, that's fair shout. Yeah. I'm just trying to think from like Belgium, maybe. Nah, Lukaku looked Denmark good, but Holland. Lukaku should have scored two anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, look, he's versus Russia as well, so I yeah. think, you know, end of the day. Russia was really poor. He's always going to score against Russia. Russia's so. team was horrible that they put out there too. It's just weird. Yeah. That's why I'm pretty happy that I took Russia out of my 
my predictions for that one. So um, you're happy to leave it at. We'll just both. Well, you count Phillips. Like, how, Phillips. how do you give it to someone else after the performance he put so far? Yeah, look, no one else. We, we could we could be talking about that Mbappe scored four against Germany. You know, in two days' time, but that podcast that game hasn't happened yet. So yeah, Calvin Phillips so far has stand stand. You know, outstanding. Yeah, I agree. All right, time to move on to some questions for us. Yeah. So we've got a couple in tonight, which is very, very good. So we've had a bit of time to think about this one, and I still I can't really decide on this first one. Is this the question I think you're getting at? Yeah. Uh, So what is our favourite FIFA song? So I've got a few because I've played a lot of FIFA, and this kind of just shows that how FIFA's become such a really, you know, I don't want to say too many bad things about FIFA, but quite a toxic bad game to play. You're talking to a bloke that played it religiously from the age of like five to like FIFA 15 and now barely plays. So um, for me, uh, We Sync makes my list. I think Untouchables, which Paul used to give me shit, saying Veronica's were never on FIFA, FIFA 09. Um, yeah. Great tune. Um, and I think one that, the two that I'm going to go with that are a bit nostalgic for me, Blur 2, back from 98 FIFA, it just gets better every time you hear it when you get older because it just brings you back to a day, to a time where life was good in reception, new one, and you just played FIFA all day. Um, but for me, I think the one that takes the cake, and it's because it's probably the FIFA I put most minutes in, was FIFA 06, career mode was the best career mode FIFA had, personally. Embrace the Ashes was a tune and a half, and I used to spend hours on that game without moving, to the point my mum used to put the timer on the oven to say, this is when you have to get off for half an hour. And young Dame, I used to figure out how to put the timer up. And every time she walked out of the room, I had two minutes. And half an hour used to turn into two hours. And she'd be like, huh? And would be like, hey, it's the timer. But yeah, Embrace the Ashes, great tune. FIFA 06 probably takes my cake. But those four deserve a mention. Yeah, so for me, I've gone with one. So you went very vintage. Yeah. Mine's a little bit more recent. This is a game that I spent bulk hours on because... It was the game that came out when we finished high school. Yes, I so it think came I out exactly in September of the year that we finished. And I spent lots of hours in my first year of uni playing FIFA 14. And my song is Love Me Again, John Newman. So we sync is every time we FIFA 14. And the only reason um, Love Me Again, John Newman doesn't get in is because I've heard it so much now. Yeah, but for me, I spent so many hours playing Ultimate Team. That song, for Great whatever tune, reason, though. whenever you loaded into Ultimate Team, was like the first one that would always load in. So for me, that's my um, my big one. I can't remember what the song's called, but it was uh, it was when we were at school and it oh, it was a huge song and it, like the video clip was like of this guy like in a box the whole time. Oh, okay. I should have really done my research here. That's gonna annoy me. I'm gonna bring FIFA it next thirteen week. or FIFA um, fourteen. Thirteen, I reckon it was. It was when we were in school, so. It would, have been, it, would have been, it would have been 12 or 13, um, and I'm not going to sing it, but oh my God. You sing it for us, the podcast wants to no, know. The podcast wants to know. No, I'm not going to sing it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring the, the title of it next week. Because I'm looking for it now. That's will... no, all right. It's not get away with it. It's... Nah, I'm going to have to listen to it, so we'll see. Anyway, I'll bring the name next week, so I'll, I'll have my research. I'm trying to look for uh, it. I've done the predictions question, and then... Russell has asked us what's one what a sporting moment don't play it because we're done for copyright so what's a sporting moment you would want to go back and witness again oh what do you reckon um 
a moment that a sporting moment we were at or any. I'll give you any. Uh, any. I've got. I can do both. Oh, I can do both. Uh, do sporting both. moment I was at, and this might be sounded maybe a touch weird, but the sporting moment I was at was Adelaide Oval day five. The day Nathan Lyon took seven, and oh, it's yeah. not for Nathan Lyon taking seven. It was more the fact I witnessed Coley make the, probably one of the greatest hundred and forty twos of his career. Yeah. He went ballistic. That was such a good day that day. We, well, that day we had it all, and then obviously as Australian fans, line spun us home, and they ran over the Phil Hughes sign or whatever. I thought for a, being in a live game, right, and I've been to like some great live games. I was there for the day where Abel Bill scored and Josip Gabo ran the touchline and picked him up. That was sensational too. But, you know, um, I think just purely from sporting goodness and just a close contest and coming down to like the death, for nothing gets better than Test cricket last day and it all happens. The best thing about that day still was the lion taking the wickets. It was you trying to take an esky into Adelaide Oval, <laughs> then making us empty all the drinks into our backpacks, and the esky still being out of the ground. That was the best. Got out with all the ice still <laughs> in it. <laughs> we just left it on this next to this pillow at the front of Adelaide Oval. Walk out of the esky there. Like, esky. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. good. That esky still in my shed. That is unreal. Right. Um, and then any. Do you want me to do my yeah, game? Yeah, you, you, you one live one, and we'll go with any moment. So my live one would be reliving probably the Adelaide United grand final. Yeah, I was there um, for that. It was a good game. That was unbelievable. Like the, the seats that Dom and I and another friend of ours, Yanni, had were literally high up behind the goals in the Riverbank stand. That's good and I think the one moment of that game was Isaias' free oh, kick yeah. because we literally sat behind it and that was just unbelievable. Like I've been to a few really, really good games. Another honourable mention... Uh, was Motlop's goal against the Crows to win the showdown in twenty yeah good good game sixteen seventeen like being at that like just that's the only time at the footy where people would have like jumped onto each other like they do at the soccer like knowing that there was thirty seconds left and all the rest of it but for me I think the United Grand Final probably was there for that game. takes the cake. Sure. Yeah. Went, but I was, and then you can have your any game for that game there. I was on like the where the chapel stands used to be up high. So I guess because you had the seats oh, yeah. you had, that makes that so much better. I was with my old man, and he doesn't like when I go ballistic. So um, yeah. <laughs> good old Bruno, love him. But um, yeah. uh, look, I'm a Liverpool fan. I want to say that I wish I was there for Milan. You know, oh five to witness the comeback of dreams and. You never walk alone at half time and just being there for the Dudek double save and the penalty shootout. I think me and Paul would both say that. Like, that would be one moment I wish we could always have. Um, I've got one that trumps it for me. But if I was going to go, like, off the beaten track, as you would say, I reckon being at the Ashes when we lost it just to see the reaction at the Oval of all the English fans would have been something remarkable. Or just being in England for the whole 05 Ashes. I know we lost it, but... I know it's another cricket one, but for me, there's a beauty about cricket and stuff going down the finals day and the drama and all that. I don't. I think you find it very hard to get the spectacle of a day five matching the balance sort of thing, or Ben Stokes when he won it. I think those sort of moments deserve mentions in yeah. here as well. I don't know that we barely talk about cricket on the pod, but we do have the Ashes coming up later. You will get some cricket talk from me especially. Yeah, but, and me too. But for me, I think once you get past the fact that Liverpool probably is one of the be all and end because we love it, I look for moments that the game was that good, the result doesn't matter. 
and I yeah. wish I was there just to experience the atmosphere because the best thing about live sport, and hopefully we get back to that sort of stage of COVID, that you have a full packed house rocking. And there you go. Yeah, I've, and that's part of the Adelaide United thing too. Like the atmosphere. Oh, it was incredible. It was like 60,000 60, Adelaide. And Adelaide was not a good place to watch soccer, but, you know, it was still good atmosphere. Yeah. So my game is pretty simple for me. It's almost... I want to be the age I am now yeah. when this happened because I didn't appreciate it at the time. It was Port's grand final against Yeah, Brisbane. I could imagine. Like, and, and that whole like early 2000s stretch, I don't remember. Like, it's just... We're too young. I was eight at the end of... I was eight when we won it. So the three years prior, we're talking about six, seven, and eight. I was just too young to understand what was happening. But like that Port side... And it's almost the same as yours. They were minor premiers for three years in a row and didn't make a grand final. That would have killed me. If I'm my age and I went through the year we had last year, losing to Richmond, make me do that another two times, I'm probably like in the grave. fighting someone. Yeah, you're in the grave, mate. Heart yeah, attacks. Because, I, and that's what, you know, all the supporters went through at that time. And I think that made the grand final even more nice. meaningful, which I don't really still, I mean, I can appreciate it because I've got an understanding of it, but it's, because I didn't live it, I don't. Like, I, I, and I could be open about that. So for me, that would be the one yeah, moment. I, I that's like that. the culmination. That's the culmination of four years worth of being an adult in that stretch of time. And I feel like I was probably fifteen years too young to really understand it. So for me, that's that's the stretch of time. So the moment is the win, but it's being there for that. Process yeah, exactly. I'm with you there. Could you imagine if we were 25 during that period? We would have had Champions oh, League man. of 05. Bar- Prime Barry Hall. We would have had Champions League of 05, <laughs> right, that we would have witnessed. We would have then had the 06 then FA seven. Cup final. We would have then had the 07 um, final defeat final. to Milan. You would have had the Port the Power eight, Surge, eight right? The 08 season. The 08 season, season United Liverpool. Yeah. You would have had everything in that period for you personally. Could you imagine yeah, being this age? Greece? Yeah, Greece 04. Greece. You would have been old enough to really appreciate Greece 04. Appreciate yeah. it. No, I feel yeah. like as you get older, and Don mentioned it, when you win a Champions League in your 20s, it's a lot different than when you're younger. And as someone that yeah. won it in 05, and now we've witnessed this win it as adults, it, it hits yeah, different yeah. when you're adults because you just understand yeah. what the process has been through. When you're a kid, you're like, great, we and won. Been, Woo! But, you know, as an adult, it's so I've much different. I've been saying it for years that my greatest, is, if this is going to stand, that stretch of 04 to 08, I don't actually think my teams all at the same time will have a period. No, like you won't. Again. For you personally, it won't. The only team that's kind of let me down through that period, well, not really. The Crows had a couple of years with there where they should have probably... Five, six, 06, seven, uh, where they've lost the prelim to the West Coast, you know. Um, yeah. Never should have lost that prelim, you know. We should have made the final that year. Um, but even then, we weren't 25. We weren't able to really enjoy the bloody Sydney West Coast double-header that we got them two grand finals. Yeah. You know, we should were old I enough I remember watching them extend... I watched the crap out of those games. I did games, too, but, but again, yet again, when, if we were older... You kind of turn it off and... If we yeah. were older, as we are now, with our group of friends that we have, we all would have been at someone's house watching that. And could you imagine the scenes when Leo Barry goes yeah, ballistic so in terms better. of... You know, if sport is better when you're older. I think for that question, it's a great question because there's so many things that happened when we were younger that we wish we could see again now that we have the understanding that we do. Yeah. So I think let us know in the Discord what your thoughts on that is. Let us know what moments you've been at personally and then what moments you would like to have been at in your lives. 
Got two questions to go, which we should get through pretty quickly yep. here. Yes or no answer, are England the real no. deal? I think they are. I just don't think they've got the right system yet. That, that's that what Horace said, the, no. Uh, not the right system, the right balance. They've got the balance I right. I think they have... That's where I think. I don't think they have the right system or the right balance, and because Southgate's in charge, it's a no. Not good yeah, not I'm going to back him. I've got him getting to the semi-final. Not good enough. I count that as the real deal. get out of it. He picks his, but he yeah, picks I've his, got reservations. Picks his, picks his boys too much. Yeah, I know. I've got reservations. I'm not 100% sold, but I think they are. And then most overrated player so far that's come out of the Euros. It's a bit early to probably comment on this one, but who really... For me, it's probably more about who disappointed you again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's going to be Harry Kane and Mason Mount, really, because they really did nothing. Yeah, mine's Mason Mount, just based on the one game. Yeah, it's hard to um, answer. What about underrated? It's, got to, it's hard to answer that one after one game. I think most underrated player yeah, of the Euros. Um, oh, Calvin Phillips, probably. No one was expecting that sort of performance, were they? He's the token one, I Yeah, think. and then um, I think if you're looking for something a bit more off the beaten more. part, oh. I think you're looking for... I'm trying to think. You probably weren't I expecting Chiellini and Benucci to have such good games. Yeah, with their yeah. age, given. That's fair. Well, I'm very happy that I'm going to be able to end the podcast by saying my boy Dumpster Dad, Scored. who what a guy. I love. He's a freak, love him. He was my, you know, underrated, undervalued. He just did everything on that right-hand oh, side. He, he, was, he was involved. He, was he should have scored two he? before he scored. He's never scored for, he scored never scored two for the Dutch and then, yeah. I know. I'm so happy that he's playing it right back um, because he just is a, a breath of energy that is hopefully going to just steer that team to a final that I've got him predicted for. So I'm very, very happy to see my boys. That's just come from FIFA because I had his league SBC card a couple of years ago. And then from then, I've always had a soft spot for my boy Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, he's so a good lad, that dumpster dad. Damo, thank you once again for your company tonight right, on the mate. podcast. It's much appreciated. Uh, we're aware that it's a little bit shorter tonight because we've really only had the Euros on this weekend. There hasn't really been a whole lot. The other thing I want to mention, I fell asleep on the couch last night watching this and I thought I woke up with a nightmare. Stefanos sits a pass. If he's ever listening to this, unlucky, my boy. Play it Couldn't get the job done. That, that, look. The first two sets, he was unplayable. Oh, man. He and that's so what good. makes Djokovic, as much as it pains me, probably going to be the greatest of all time. I know. Because I don't like him at all. I think he's overly arrogant. But... When the man is down and the man is down. out, he's got the best work rate and stamina and mental toughness in world tennis. Stay. He just goes to a next level when he's backs up against the wall. He literally goes and looks yeah. down deep inside and goes, I am the best there ever is and ever is going to be. So let me just go show you now and beat you. And he just does it again exactly. and again and again. And Sam... The fact that I fell asleep yeah. tells you... Because like, oh, I was like, like at two sets to love... At two sets love, I'm like, if it goes to four sets, I'll be all right. Saw the third, I'm like, all right, here we yep. go. And I conked out halfway through the fourth because it was looking like it was going to be another Djokovic, I think. And then I woke up at 5.30 and the game had finished and looked at my phone and, oh, look at it, since it passed, had lost. Yeah, so, I mean, so good. Sam keeps back in Nadal and the argument is getting harder and harder. Yeah, and harder that's what I'm going to say, Sam. Him, you said to me when since it passed won the first set that Nadal was uh, that Djokovic is cooked and he doesn't have the best stamina in world tennis. I'm just going to say, mate, he won in five because he's, unfortunately for all of us, Go as much ahead. as a Federer fan I am, he's the greatest and he will be by the time he's got done. so much time. 
he's got so much time to keep winning things. I know he's had the odd couple injury here and there now, but I just don't see anyone else in world tennis that's going to knock him off his perch in time. Competing. Yeah. By the time Djokovic yeah. is done and, you know, all these guys are going to start knocking him off his perch because he's ageing, he's going to win, yeah, enough to be Yeah, ahead. I agree. He's, he's on another level, level at the moment. Yeah, I agree. So thank you once again, as I said, for listening to this episode of the PD Sports Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be next Monday or Sunday, depending on where you're listening from. And it's going to be lots of Euros recap coming along. Probably a bit of an A-League recap next week too with Adelaide. Come on, Adelaide. Um, against Sydney FC. Big semi-final, yeah, isn't uh, well, it? Yeah, it um, it's like a semi-final yeah. elimination final. They go play the winner of the... Um, yeah. uh, geez, who's on the other side there? McArthur and... Um, Melbourne City. Yeah, Melbourne City, McArthur. Yeah, to play whoever yeah, it is in the so, final there. Yeah, so... Big ups to United. First time in club history they won a final away from yeah, home as they well. They did it so, the hard way. Uh, it doesn't matter. Tommy Urich finally Fire. paying off. So from me and Damo, thank you for your support and we'll catch you in next week's rendition of the PD Sports Podcast.